out so we turned around we looked at the main door and oh my god we watched the door not turn anti-clockwise until it was unlocking by itself once the streaming begins the screaming will too this is rps radio paranormal singapore Hello and welcome back to RPS. I'm your host, Tim O, and if you're new, here's what the show is all about. Radio Paranormal Singapore is a podcast where we describe, discuss and dissect your paranormal encounters in an attempt to find some rational explanation to the most unexplainable experiences. My partner in crime is veteran paranormal investigator E.T., and together, we're known as your Baba Bros. Now, before we get to the heebie-jeebies, a reminder that should you have any of your own stories to share, you can reach us in a few ways. First, we're on Facebook at Radio Paranormal Singapore. Our email address, radioparanormalsingapore at gmail.com. And we're also available on WhatsApp and Telegram. You can add us with the number plus 65-9148-0985. And finally, just a small request. If you enjoy this podcast, all we ask is that you help us grow. The easiest way is to give us a five-star rating and a fair review on whatever platform you're listening from. And of course, please introduce Radio Paranormal Singapore to your friends. Thank you very much. And with that... It's on to the show. Recently, Angie reached out to us, keen on sharing a number of accounts she'd personally experienced. And immediately, we put RPS's Grand Inquisitor, Sham, to work, conducting the interview and gathering the info. So I'm currently staying in a uh, masonette in Serangoon, so corner unit. And I am currently living with my family as well as my husband. What I do is I, since late last year, I've been running like a little home-based catering business. So um, because of what I do for a living, it is very common for me to work late into the night, especially when I have a large number of orders the next day. So I'll, I'll be like working in my kitchen doing prep work until like 1 or 2 a.m. So this is something that uh, happens to me quite often now. So the first encounter that I like to talk about um, happened during one of such nights. It actually happened, I think, early this year. Obviously, I'll be working in my kitchen, right? So uh, to give a bit more context about my home, so because I live in a corner unit, my kitchen is yeah my workplace, right? And my kitchen has this very interesting design where one wall of the kitchen is um, adjacent to the uh, main entrance of my home. So when you come into my home, there is like a foyer area where you can you know take off your shoes and etc then when you go further into the flat my kitchen will be on one side so my kitchen has a wall a certain wall where like a big square was knocked off was hacked off to form like a little breakfast counter slash nook so from that breakfast counter you can look out into the foyer as well as the main entrance so this incident happened one night when i was working i think it was most probably around 1 a.m i remember it was 1 a.m because my family were had all like retired for the night they had, they had all gone to bed already so um, the whole house was dark except my kitchen that was lit up and the only form of company i had was my little dog who was asleep at the doorway of my kitchen i remember i was like just chopping some vegetables or something like la 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 and then from the corner of my eye there i saw this white figure this white silhouette walk past so this was at the foyer area so like where i'm standing and then to my left is the breakfast counter area which looks out into the foyer and i i clearly saw from my peripherals this white figure walk past 
fast. And it didn't just go like shoom, you know, like like in a split second, shoom, like pass by. It actually like this figure actually like sauntered past. So it took enough time for me to actually turn around and say, Hey Didi, what do you want? Because I thought that my younger brother had actually had like come down from his room and come to the foyer for, for I don't know what thing. Um, because that figure was the same height and the same build as my younger brother. And because that figure was white, I thought it was my younger brother in his white like pajamas or something. So when I turned and I saw there was obviously nothing there. So I was like, hmm. I did not feel any fear or anything, but I'm more of like, um, oh, I see this has happened again. Why I thought like this has happened again, it was because I'm pretty sure in the past also, I had like seen something from, from my peripherals, like a white figure also like passed by. But in the past, it was because it was so much faster, like like, like a real like shoot, like switch by. It didn't really strike me as anything. But this time, what went past me was actually, um, it took long enough for my brain to register as there's something being there. So I went, I, of course, I went went towards the foyer area to take a look, like, is there anybody? It's like, oh, there's no, no, nobody. Then I turned and I saw my dog who was supposed to be asleep. This time my dog, my dog was awake and like on the alert mode. So like his ears were perked up and everything. Like a sleepy little old little dog suddenly was suddenly like sitting up and looking towards the foyer area. So I took that as a sign that, okay, time for me to pack up. So I just packed up, then went to bed. So yeah, end of the night, that was it. So the next morning, I brought this up to my husband. I told my husband, like, yeah, I saw something white go past me last night. And my husband said, oh, um, I have not seen a white figure before, but what I have seen is a black figure. I was like, oh, okay. That, that's the more common shadow person. <laughs> so according to him, what he has seen before um, was that similarly late one night he was in the kitchen alone. The whole house was dark except the kitchen and in his peripherals, um, he saw a black figure, black person, whatever, peeking out from a pillar in the and like, like in the foyer. There's like some pillar and then there's a he saw a black figure like peeking out looking out mm -hmm. my husband has really good peripherals so his head snapped to the side to look at what he what he just saw and he swears he saw that figure like retract behind the pillar so that absolutely terrified him yeah uh yeah so that is the story of my first encounter mm, how, how long have you stayed in your current um this is your current place right you're talking about yes yes my current home where i live with my family i think we've been there since um 2014 so it, it's um yeah, it's, it's not, not, not say like a new BTO building. It's a masonette. I knew masonettes are in Serangoon about like 30 years or so. Are you like of any religion or are you a free thinker or? Um, my family is supposedly Catholic, but we're kind of non-practicing. We're kind of like NPCs, non-practicing Catholics, yeah. Do you guys even get your house blessed? Not this current home. Yeah, so anyway, I did bring this incident up to one of my relatives. My relatives, my, my auntie in particular, she is, a, she, she is a woman of science. She's a doctor, but she also be be believes in certain superstitions and all that. So yeah, she's, she's quite open-minded, so, uh, so to say. So she mentioned that, you know, things, things like that might just be, you know, a spirit, a harmless spirit passing by. So then just, so, so, so she told me not to worry, just let things, let them go by their way like that. Yeah. End of the day, you, you saw the entity it went by, but you didn't feel threatened or anything, right? You, you just kind of felt startled, like, what's this thing doing here? Yes, yes, yes. I didn't feel like, oh, 
something like that yes 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 I did not feel any sense of threat yeah your dog just perked up right it didn't growl or anything like that it did not growl thankfully it did not growl I think if it growled then I would have been a bit more anxious yeah Radio Paranormal Singapore presents CSI Critical Supernatural Investigation All right, so just a bit of a recap. A white figure in her home. This was late at night, 1 to 2 a.m. in the morning. She sees a white figure walk past in her peripheral vision. Now, she, of course, was very certain to add that she wasn't looking straight on, staring at the object. This was from the side, right? The peripherals. Gotta ask you, E.T., could this be a case of eyes tired? Because, I mean, you cook and you've cooked late into the night. So there's a lot of focus when it comes to prepping your food, right? Perpetually staring at the ingredients that you're doing as you're preparing. Can this take a toll on your eyes? Then resulting in a fatigue. I know sometimes when I set the computer too much, when I look away, I see white spots. Any relation here? I mean, definitely. I mean, at the end of the day, um, you know, after a day of work, um, you're tired and stuff. And, and that's why a number, in fact, majority of paranormal occurrences or incidents always happens at night. When one is tired, uh, your mind can play tricks on you, your eyes can play tricks on you. In most cases, lah, I'm not saying that every single case that occurs is going to be like that. Uh, but it definitely would contribute to one person actually imagining things which are not there. Lah. What I thought was interesting, though, was that she mentioned... Her husband also saw something, you know, late at night from the corner of his eyes as well, from his peripherals. But instead of seeing something white, he saw a black figure. That's why I think, right, the first one is called Michael. The second one is called Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) But then here's the thing, though. The dog, right? We always believe that animals are very sensitive to spirits and paranormal entities. This dog usually would be asleep was wide awake and in her words on alert mode bro both times right food involved right don't say dog like even your eyes will be open wide la. you smell the food right best you know all the maybe the garlic smell or the spring onion the chopping you know confirm you get alert la. that's food right so in your opinion what do you think here as much as i talk about oh you know it's a uh, tiredness and maybe it's the you know food smell the thing is this we don't really know because all they saw was this dark figure and then it kind of disappeared dark figure or light figure ah uh, yes and and it didn't do anything there was no poltergeist activity like things moving around nothing bad happened to them um so it's very hard to say what it really was could it really be you know a, a figure in their imagination because not forgetting they saw it from the corner of the eye many times things we see from the corner of the eye are usually not what we think it is um, unless they really turn around they stared at the thing and then they saw something then I would really be 100% convinced but here I'm a bit more 50-50 I'm not sure to be honest I guess what would have been more riveting would have been if both Angie and her husband were together and they both saw things from the corner of their eyes at the same time. Yeah, and from different corners while happening stereo, no? <laughs> <laughs> and another thing was, the dog was not like super alert and barking, like you no know, trying to defend their owners and stuff like that in most uh, cases where actually there were paranormal occurrences. So I think this was either a very peaceful spirit or it really probably was their imagination and dog smelling some food. Um, this incident happened I think sometime in February this year so again I was working late at night it was about 1 plus a.m I was the only one awake 
And during this time, my husband wasn't in Singapore. He was back in his hometown of Penang. So that night, I remembered I was on call with him. I had my earbuds on and my phone was placed somewhere so that he, we could see each other and know that. I remember I was working on with some meat, raw meat, uh, chicken, I think. And I was very frustrated because I was making a huge mess, huge bloody mess because there were like, you know, like the juices and everything. So I was very frustrated that night. So I was like slicing, slicing stuff. And then all of a sudden, uh, there was my nose picked up the smell of something flowery. Mm-hmm. Okay, it was just a, a just something that, that wafted by. So it didn't bother me or anything. Uh, I, I didn't think much of it. I mean, it could have been just like maybe a neighbor having a shower. Maybe the smell of the body wash. Maybe she used like the whole bottle of body wash and the smell just wafted over. I don't know. It, it didn't bother me at all. But then, instead of the smell dissipating or like wafting away, the smell actually grew stronger. Okay. And it grew stronger and stronger to the point that it made me stop in my tracks and like what the mm-hmm. so my whole kitchen was actually filled with the smell my kitchen smelled like a mix between flowers mm-hmm. washing detergent and body wash so it was extremely sickly sweet and at this point I was still on the call with my husband but at this point it's uh, my brain put two and two together oh could that be a certain uh, lady of the night Mm-hmm. Maybe she was in the vicinity. Yeah, but um, instead of feeling fear or anxiety, I actually felt extremely annoyed. I was extremely annoyed because I hate I hate smells like that. I have a very sensitive nose, so like something very floral or, or, or sickly sweet just puts me off. So I was really really annoyed. So while I was still like like speaking very much, saying like very mon- mundane things to my husband, I went over to my cupboard and took out my honing rod. A honing rod is like a metal stick that looks quite similar to a sword, a small sword that you use to um, maintain your knife. So I had it in one hand and I took my chef's knife and I started swiping the rod back and forth, like swish, swish, swish. And I very calmly said out loud, I have a very sharp knife. I am not afraid of you. And then my husband on the other end, why are you threatening me? <laughs> I was like, no, 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 no. Tomorrow I'll tell you about it. But I think my husband, he also like, oh, then he, then he quiet. <laughs> he became quiet. Yeah. So the smell was still so strong and so pungent in my kitchen. I was feeling very, like, like, like I, I wanted to do uh, like, like throw up or something. So, and it was disturbing my work. Right, so, I was, so you can imagine how annoyed I was. So I took the rod and the knife. I continued like switching back and forth. See, I just said very calmly, I have a very sharp knife. I am not afraid of you. And the smell still did not dis- um, dissipate. So I went over to the open kitchen windows and then I held the rod in one hand and then the sword, uh, the sword, the knife in the other hand. And I, yeah, so I was like, kind of like, like an old grandpa, like waving my knife into the air. I said, I said out loud, I have a very sharp knife. I know how to use it. I am not afraid of you. And lo and behold, the smell, like within the next 10 seconds, vanished. Like it was totally gone. I felt like, I felt like a sense of relief. Like, oh, not so stinky anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. So at that point of time, my dog, like I mentioned, like my dog would be sleeping at the doorway of my kitchen. He's my usual companion when I work late. So I went out to look for my dog. He was in the living room and I noticed his, he was on alert mode. He was at the other end of the house looking out of the windows with his ears perked up, yeah, just staring up. So I took that as a sign again, time to pack, I just pack up and go. So yeah, that was what I did. I packed up and, and went to bed. 
Radio Paranormal Singapore. So in the earlier story, it was seeing things. Here's a case where Angie is smelling something. Very familiar, sweet smell. In fact, she describes it as a very sickeningly sweet smell, all right? But we got to talk about her state of mind, okay? Angie, by her own admission, says she was already feeling very frustrated because while she was prepping the food, she was making a mess, things weren't going according to plan. And I can't help but wonder, you know, they say, right, your state of mind can sometimes lead you to attract entities. So maybe because she was already angry, feeling down, tired, frustrated, could she have attracted the attention of a Pontiana? Um, I really don't know. But you know, it's just like, you know, like Alcoholics Anonymous, that people, you know, feeling the same way, they tend to gather together and they feel better together. So maybe your theory may, may, may really hold true. But the first thing that came to my mind was, I was wondering if the spirit was actually attracted to the raw meat that she was handling. Mm. And then maybe it thought that because she was frustrated and distracted, eh, maybe I kapo churi makan a bit lah. Can you attract spirits with raw meat? I don't know. So the, the, that's why I said this was my first thought. I'm not sure. Right. I mean, look, in your afterlife, I'm quite certain if I have a nice piece of steak on my table, Tim O will be coming to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but back to the sweet smell. Yeah, so... This is the thing, like you said earlier, sweet smells have always been associated with entities nearby. Hmm. Okay, so I remember once, um, I had a... I mean, when she described it, it just brought shivers down my spine because it reminded me of the investigation I did at Red Hill. It was a windless night, investigation of flat, there was no one there. Cut the long story short, my motion detectors went off, most of my gadgets, batteries went flat, and I could smell that same sweet smell. Now, when you say that same sweet smell, right... Her description of this smell was like a combination of flowers, laundry detergent, and hair conditioner. Yes, it's a bit like some strong, sweet, air freshener kind of smell. That kind of thing. Hmm. Um, No one was around. There was no wind. I mean, we were investigating for the past few hours. I mean... There's no way we could smell so sweet. La. <laughs> Maybe there's one of those automated uh, air freshener units, right? Like they have in public toilets that go, right? Yeah. No, 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 no. Definitely there wasn't because most people have shifted out of this block already because it was going for on block. Mm. Um, so not just me, when I ran over, the Discovery Travel Channel crew also ran over and all. I said, can you guys smell this? They say, yeah, what's, where's the smell coming from? Okay. Right? Okay. So, so yes, that sweet smell, like you said, might actually have an indication that there was an entity nearby. All right, but does that entity have to be Chickpon, Fatima Rocker? Because a few episodes ago, we did hear from one of our contributors, right, to say that when he smelt something late at night, his mom actually suspected it was like a goddess. That was the first time I've ever heard of this sweet smell being associated or attributed to something other than Chickpon. Okay, so here's the thing. Um, there have been many, many stories. Uh, the thing is, no one can verify, right? I mean, probably the only person that, that can verify probably didn't live to tell the tale. Lah. So apparently sweet smell and rotten smell, right, is an indication of distance of where the entity is. So apparently sweet smell, if I'm not wrong, it means the fuller is quite far away. As the fuller comes closer, then that's where you get the B.O. and rotten smell. But then again, she was in the kitchen. Just like in anyone's kitchen, it's also where your laundry and your washing machine, everything is. 
right I think most Singaporeans have their especially in mesonets because I know the structure you know the structure kitchen and toilet washing area is the same area so I'm just wondering if it really was her own washing detergent and stuff that was lying around near the toilet I would doubt that and the reason why I doubt that is because she was staying there for quite a while I think if it really was her own stuff her own choice of laundry products this is a smell that she probably would have encountered more than just once but maybe she was not in the right state of mind and didn't come across her mind that it could have been that maybe she just yeah maybe it's really the hantu I, I don't know once again, I don't think that would have been the only time she would have been frustrated in the kitchen. <laughs> uh, yeah, That's true. But speaking of uh, smells though, uh, Angie did add to me when I when I texted her after the interview, right? She, she said, right, that when she brought it up to a friend, a Chinese friend who had been living in Singapore and then returned to China, her friend actually knew exactly what kind of smell she was talking about. In fact, also described it as, you mean this smell that smells like flowers, laundry detergent and hair conditioner? I've also smelled that. Strangely enough, only in Singapore and Malaysia, never in China. So I thought that was very interesting, right? That this this particular smell, this association that we have with, you know, hantus and sweet smells is really a very localized thing. Really? I'm not sure, man. But I mean, because most of the stories I hear are from around the region. So yes. Yeah. So, I mean, if anyone listening, you know, from far beyond our shores, the Southeast Asian region... If you have heard of stories from your own neck of the woods of like entities and sweet, sweet smells, we'd love for you to tell us as well. Reach out to us uh, at our Facebook page. Just look for Radio Paranormal Singapore. Okay. But moving on to the second part of Angie's story, right? The first part was the frustrated, very strong smell. And then the next part is the she gets angry. She hulks up. Instead of getting scared or getting petrified, between fight or flight, she chose to fight. She threatened the Pontianak lah. She took out her sharp knife and her honing rod and she started, you know, I can I can visualize it in my mind. You know what I mean? Here she is, she's like sharpening in a threatening manner, you know. Shing, I have shing, a shing, very shing. sharp knife and I know how to use it. Exactly. So she just turned She-Hulk, right? And really, she was so fierce, like, using the knife to threaten a spirit. Um, I think it was more of her anger than a knife that actually sent the spirit running away, I think. Um, but then again, that's it. Many a times, I've come across many, many stories and accounts that these entities actually stop disturbing the people, right? When they actually get pissed, they start shouting at the fella, start scolding and start to be threatening and it runs away. Many a times, lah, many a times. Lah. And what about the few times? And that's where you get your poltergeist activity mm. that somehow the spirit actually gains strength and actually causes uh, physical harm. But all this time, she was only smelling that sweet smell. You know, earlier on you mentioned that the, the sweet smell is only experienced when said entity is far away. Right? Does this mean that throughout this entire encounter, if it really was Pontiana, Pontiana was very far away and not close to her at all? So that's the thing. I mean, different people have got different accounts. Some say sweet smell is nearby. Some say sweet smell is further and vice versa. And once again, uh, she mentioned her dog. When she went to see her dog, her dog was also on alert mode. Raw meat, bro. Raw meat. (laughs) I'm sure the dog's name was Tim. (laughs) <laughs> what? Although, although, right, I did check with her. This area that she was living in, Serangoon area, bro. 
Yeah lah, near where you used to stay lah. Always no. Yeah. So we used to have two phrases, right? It must be the EMF, it must be the hantu, now it's it must be Timo. <laughs> Radio Paranormal Singapore. Still to come, Angie's got a whopper of a story to share involving a door that seemed intent on opening on its own. Although we suspect not quite on its own. In the meantime, here's another podcast you might be interested in checking out. Hey everyone, I know you're here for true crime, and I know some of you just can't get enough of it. What if I told you that there is a show that could let you inside the mind of a killer? The knife left Gavin's hand and went into Anthony's right hand. Annie's mother opened the door. Mommy, I've been stabbed. Or perhaps place you in the kitchen beside a psychopath boiling his victim's head. They worked their way up until they reached the head and carefully boiled it inside the pot. Some sources would say that they used the same kitchen utensils that they used for their meals to stir the head inside the pot. If you're into that, you'll want to listen to Heinous, an Asian true crime podcast. Our team will bring you the most heinous crimes in Asia, from serial killers to commercial fraud to highly functioning sociopaths lost in their own addictions. Heinous, an Asian true crime podcast, is a show where we bring you a revived look of Asia's very worst deeds. You might find yourself right at the crime scene, perhaps even inside a killer's head. That's H-E-I-N-O-U-S, Heinous, an Asian true crime podcast, now available on Spotify. Radio Paranormal Singapore. Back to the heebie-jeebies with our next couple of creepy encounters from Angie. Um, so this incident happened to both me and my husband. It happened last year before I started working my business. We were out and then we came home late at night, probably around like 3 a.m. or so. So um, as I mentioned, uh, my home uh, has this foyer area at the main entrance where you can sit down and take off your shoes and all that. So we came home pretty late. We were just doing some very mundane stuff. We, we, we got into the door, locked up, then stick off, took off our shoes and then tidied up the, 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 the area a bit, kept our shoes and all that. So why I'm saying this is because um, a certain amount of time had passed. And then we packed up everything ready. We were like, okay, let's go. Let's go. Let's go up to our rooms. And then from the main door, we heard a very distinct creaking sound like it was the sound of the door not turning by itself okay so we turned around we looked at the main door and oh my god we watched the door not turn anti-clockwise by itself okay so it was turning very slowly very slowly like shh, and then click click the click click sound was when it turned one whole circle until it was unlocking by itself Okay, it clicked once and then we watched it turn again slowly and right until it clicked a second time to show that the door was fully unlocked. My husband, who is who was kind of like a skeptic, I think he was so, so freaked out, he just pulled the door open. Mm-hmm. Nothing was outside our door. But then we noticed it on the other side of the door was a bunch of keys. It was stuck, it was stuck to the lock. So like, oh, maybe that's what that was what caused the door lock to like turn the door knob to turn by itself. 
So okay, okay. So we decided, okay, that was what made the door not turn by itself. So we just took out the keys, quickly locked back up again, and then just out. Okay, so we spent the night and maybe the next few days like trying to rationalize what was what what has happened. So we even tried like I even tried like recreating the thing, like sticking my keys in and then like standing at the other end watching, is it gonna turn? Is it gonna turn? It's not gonna it never turned again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wouldn't. Yeah, so I think that was that that encounter was actually I mean looking back at it now, it sounds like very my very minor, nothing nothing special, but I think during that night it was one of the freakiest things that uh, we have ever seen with our own eyes, seen and heard with our own eyes. And my husband, who was somebody who is somebody who never really cared about such things, I think it was a time where he was really truly freaked out. Yep. So I even asked other people, like, hey, do you think such a thing happened? Is it physics? Then it's then I until now we still can't debunk it. So we're just thinking that all right, we don't know and we might never know. <laughs> what? Yeah, you, you might never know. I mean, if you, if you want to do a positive spin on it, maybe it was uh maybe something watching over you that was trying to alert you to the fact that your keys were outside. Maybe, maybe. Then we'll say thank you. Then I'll say thank you to the air. <laughs> but definitely a very creepy encounter for us. Radio Paranormal Singapore presents CSI Critical Supernatural Investigation. All right, now this I thought ET was was really really interesting and petrifying at the same time. You know, I could almost imagine it happening in my mind as she was describing. Okay, I did have a few questions though that immediately jumped out after I heard this interview that she had with Sham. The door turning, right? Could it have been someone from the outside? A stranger walking by reaches in and actually turns the key that was hanging on the outside. Maybe that's why she saw the door the door turning. So I asked Angie this and she said it would have been very, very difficult because her flat entrance basically made of a grill and a front door. Now, in order for anybody to have reached in, they would have had to reach in past the grill and there is a very big space between the grill or the gate and the front door. They would have to reach in quite far before turning. That would leave them very, very little time to retract back and run away and hide without anybody hearing them by the time her husband opened the door. So that's why she doesn't think it could have just been an actual human person just walking by and turning the key. Yeah, so exactly when I heard this story, the first thing that came to my mind was like, wow, finally we actually have a poltergeist activity because many, many episodes, there hasn't been a poltergeist activity. Poltergeist is defined as where there's actually physical movement, uh, people get injured or things moving. It's the first time you actually see it. And I'm, I'm thinking it must have been damn freaky la, to see the doorknob turn, man. Like, even if you give me right, I'll kanchong la, don't know what to do. But that said though, I have to say, her husband is a champion. If I had seen the doorknob turning, right? The first thing I would have done is I would have reached out and I would quickly held the doorknob or quickly tried to lock it back. But he didn't, right? He didn't try to lock at all. If anything, he turned it the other way to yank it open to see who was playing tricks. And that's when they saw no one. Didn't hear anybody running away or anything like that. As I mentioned earlier, there would not have been time for anybody to run away unnoticed to hide somewhere else. That's why I also think okay, maybe it was a nice guardian angel, you know. Hey, you know you forgot your keys, let me remind you by jiggling the thing. But seriously, guardian angel or not, 
is damn freaky and damn scary la. Like exactly what, like what you said, the husband is damn ballsy la, to have done what he did. <laughs> if I have any guardian angels listening, right, I would just like to say if one day you want to remind me that my key is stuck outside, just ring the bell. No need to turn the knob. Okay. Just take the key and slide <laughs> under the door when I'm asleep. <laughs> but that said, right, there was a thought that came into my mind, right? And I think I may have freaked out Angie a little bit when I I brought this up to her. Okay? So all this time while she was telling the story and where we were discussing it and talking about it, we were like, what could have been outside? You know, turning the knob or turning the key. And then it dawned upon me, E.T., what if whatever was turning the knob wasn't on the outside, but was turning the knob from the inside where they were? Allowy, she might slam the phone down on you. Uh. <laughs> that could actually have been possible, right? Definitely, man. Already inside or outside, bro, it's just as scary. <laughs> I take my chances, right? If it's outside, yeah, man. We hope it's outside and not inside. Would you say like overall, you know, you've got a couple of encounters. Um, do you think you're sensitive or have you, is this something that is, you know, most of these stories are all fairly recent, the ones that you're telling me now. Would you say that this has been happening to you for a long time or, you know, it's just something you noticed recently? I personally am a fan of the paranormal, etc. But I do not think that I am sensitive in any way. I think I am like a, I am like, bloody blur to a lot of stuff I'm very oblivious it was only I think recently that um, I noticed a few more things and I couldn't really um, explain but the interesting thing is that uh, besides the story I just told uh, I've never really felt fear in any of my um, encounters to me it was more like huh you know there's just curiosity yeah yeah, that's a great thing, right? I mean, to not have fear and just to be, you know, it's it's a curiosity. Yeah, I think it's actually just being oblivious. <laughs> yeah, just being oblivious to everything. I have one more story. So uh, my last story took place when I was in Penang. So my husband is from Penang. And um, when we, whenever we go back to Penang, we would stay in his family's home. So uh, one night, I, I was the last to shower before retiring to bed. And uh my husband and I stayed in one room in one uh, at one end of the house and if I want to go and shower I had to go to the bathroom at the other end of the house. So this bathroom was attached to my sister-in-law's bedroom. So it's really like at the end of the house. So that night I after I had my shower I turned off the bathroom lights and because my sister-in-law was already in bed like sound asleep I could hear her snoring everything. So uh, the whole room everything was dark. So uh, to get out I had to feel my way through the dark and I was only guided by like a tiny sliver of light coming from the entrance of the bedroom. So um, I noticed at that sliver of light, there were like two black rectangles for, for lack of a better word. So it looked as if there was somebody standing there, standing at the main door with the feet blocking the light. So in my head, it was more like, ah, okay, sister-in-law hung a pair of pants there and the pen, pen legs are like dragging on the floor or something. So I, I felt my way to, towards the bedroom door and all the while I'm looking at that sliver of light at the bottom of the of the door where the two legs were and as I am like a few steps away from the door the two legs moved whoa they moved towards me they moved out of position towards me and I freaked out I, I gasped I didn't scream I you know because it, it literally looked as if somebody like just chunked towards me 
Okay. And um, I don't know why my reaction, I, I think like a logical person would move backwards, but my reaction was the opposite. I actually reached forward and I pulled the door open and there was nobody there. Yeah. And there was nobody there. But I, I, I definitely, definitely, definitely swear that that figure of feet or whatever, I saw it move, move towards me. Yes. And I was absolutely, I think I was absolutely freaked out by that point. But uh, I don't know why at that point I was more concerned that oh dear, wake up my sister, that wake somebody up. Yeah, so I, so, so I just ran, ran off and I went, and went to hide under the covers in my, in, in my bedroom. Yeah. So um, the next morning I messaged my aunt, uh, the, the, the aunt that I mentioned about that was that is kind of into, in, into superstitions and stuff. I told her that, hey, I think I encountered something last night. She said that, oh, maybe there's a spirit passing by. Something like that. Do not be afraid because if you do not feel threatened or anything, you, do, you did not feel like physically hurt, there's nothing to be afraid of. And she said that she added on something very interesting. She said that um, one way to find out if a place that you're staying with has um, been visited by something dirty is to look for rotten fruit. So as I was like, type, like messaging her on my phone, I went downstairs to the dining room and then I, there was a basket of fruit on the dining table and I remember just picking one up and I looked in, oh look, all oh, the fruit's inside, all black. I was like, ah, okay. And um, I just quickly threw away all of the stuff, all of this, the, the, the blackened fruit. So the, like, the fruit wasn't like, you know, like turning black. It was literally black, like, like a lime that I remember three quarters, more than three quarters of it was totally black with, you know, like white mold and everything. I was like, ah, shoot. I was like, I don't think my, my I don't think my, my, my in-laws families leave, like, you know, forget about fruit until they turn that black, right? So, because there will be a smell and everything, but there was no smell. There was no flies or anything. It was just, the fruit are all black. Why are they all black? Yeah. So I knew. So I, I I took that to mean that something fishy happened recently in the house. Yeah. So that is my final story. Radio Paranormal Singapore. First question on my mind was: Do you think this could have been? A visiting spirit. So I asked Angie, I said, you know, has there ever been a death in that home? Maybe this was during a period of time where a spirit was returning to visit. And Angie says, no, this home was actually built back in the 80s. And her husband's family has been living there since. There has been one death in the family, but this happened after her encounter. Mm, So honestly, when I first heard this story, right, the first thing that came to my mind, her story much like a typical horror movie, no? Seeing the shadows of the lake walking towards her, mm. you give me a so I can chong. And you know what? She actually opened the door. It gets worse, bro. She also realized something else when I spoke to her. Mm. After she thought about it, based on the way the light was hitting the legs, mm. she's pretty sure the legs were on the inside and not on the outside. How is that possible? The legs were on the inside and not on the outside. So she's seeing these two dark legs, right? Yeah, yeah. It almost looks Uh like silhouettes, right? Yeah. Initially, she thought they were behind the door, Mm. as in outside. Yeah. But the more she thought about it, the way the light was bouncing off these dark shapes, she's pretty sure the legs, if they were legs, were on the inside. You see, this lady nice enough to share story, then you must go and cause more problems by making her more freaked out <laughs> by asking these kind of questions. <laughs> 
And she also said that, you know, she couldn't see anything above the legs. So that that makes it sound even creepier. You've got two disembodied legs just walking around, you know? I'll be freaked out lah. Wallah. And she actually opened the door some more. Remind me to cancel my upcoming trip to Pinay. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, that of course is the first part of the story. Second part of the story involves fruits, right? Where uh, someone told her that easiest way to identify situation where there's been some sort of paranormal entity uh, is to look for rotten fruit. And she did find a basket of fruit that was all black and rotten. And... You know, once again, very, very certain that her in-laws, being the particular people that they were, would never keep rotten fruit lying around. So the funny thing about rotten fruits is this. I know that during around Chinese New Year, right, I have colleagues to actually keep mandarin oranges until they mold. Oh. Yeah, and then I asked, hey, why you don't throw it? I say, no, no, no. Because it means, because far, what, um, mold is what? Far something, I don't know what. La. So far may, right? So apparently the word far, it means prosperity. Hmm. So apparently it's a lucky thing. So it's interesting to note that rotten fruits actually means that the place is haunted because I haven't really heard that one before. Mm. But if you look at it in a scientific point of view, when fruits start to rot, right? Or I see a logical point of view, it means that you don't really have people walking past that area for some time because they would have noticed it. Right? And you know, they walk past it and they will see the thing rot. But and, and also when fruits one fruit start to rot, it tends to you know, make the other fruits rot a bit faster as well. How how long does it take for fruit to rot, by the way? I, I Look, honestly, you know me lah. I'm meat eater, right? Mm. I don't know anything about vegetables. I don't know anything about fruit. How long does it take for fruit to go from looking okay to turning all black? I think it depends how much pesticides on it. Uh. <laughs> so the more uh, pesticides there are, I guess it lasts longer. But it really mm. depends on what fruit it is as well. Like, for example, bananas rot really fast. Yep. And if there's a banana as part of the fruit basket, the, there's this particular chemical from the banana that causes the other fruits to ripen faster. Mm. And then, you know, it might just cause the entire fruit basket to start rotting earlier. Right. I've also heard, um, you know, using limes. I only know that there's an Indian culture where they use lime to get rid of bad luck or spirit or something like that after rituals. Yeah, and in Japanese culture, I understand they also put salt at the corners of the room as well. And sometimes if there has been some sort of presence or entity, the salt will actually turn black. I don't really know about the Japanese culture, but I remember this story long ago. Mm. You remember Dawn Lim? Yes. Where she put salt and something like that and then it yep. prevented spirits from coming in uh, and some something like that. So salt has got some spiritual use as well, but I'm not sure how it's being used. I only, I only use it for my steak. <laughs> Radio Paranormal And that takes us to the end of another episode of RPS Big thanks to Angie for sharing her stories with us And if you have thoughts to share over her encounters We'd love to hear from you too We're also always on the lookout for more stories to feature and discuss So please send them in You can hit us up on our Facebook page at Radio Paranormal Singapore Or drop us an email at radioparanormalsingapore at gmail.com We're also reachable via WhatsApp and Telegram 
contact details on our Facebook page. And most importantly, if you enjoyed the podcast, please consider leaving us a favorable rating or review on whatever platform you're streaming us from. That would really help us reach a wider audience and source for more stories for the show. Until our next installment, my name is Tim O. This is E.T. And this is Sham, your Grand Inquisitor. Keep streaming and keep screaming. You're listening to Radio Paranormal Singapore. And they're listening to... <laughs>